Has he seen a night spirit? Is he listening to the whispers of them who dwell in the darkness? Strange words to be murmured in the feast hall of Naram Nimb, amid the strain of lutes, the patter of fountains, and the tinkle of women's laughter. The great hall attested the wealth of its owner, not only by its vast dimensions, but by the richness of its adornment. The glazed surface of the walls offered a bewildering variegation of colors, blue, red, and orange enamels set off by squares of hammered gold. The air was heavy with incense, mingled with the fragrance of exotic blossoms from the gardens without. The feasters, silk-robed nobles of Nippur, lounged on satin cushions, drinking wine poured from alabaster vessels, and caressing the painted and bejeweled playthings which Naramnub's wealth had brought from all parts of the east. There were scores of these. Their white limbs twinkled as they danced or shone like ivory among the cushions where they sprawled. A jeweled tiara caught in the burnished mass of night-black hair, a gem-crusted armlet of massive gold, earrings of carbon jade. These were their only garments. Their fragrance was dizzying, shameless in their dancing, feasting and love-making, their light laughter filled the hall in waves of silvery sound. On a broad cushion-piled dais reclined the giver of the feast, sensuously stroking the glossy locks of a lithe Arabian who had stretched herself on her supple belly beside him. His appearance of sybaritic languor was belied by the vital sparkling of his dark eyes as he surveyed his guests. He was thick-bodied with a short blue-black beard, a Semite, one of the many drifting yearly into Shumoyer. With one exception, his guests were Shemirians, shaven of chin and head. Their bodies were padded with rich living, their features smooth and placid. The exception among them stood out in startling contrast. Taller than they, he had none of their soft sleekness. He was made with the economy of relentless nature. His physique was of the primitive, not of the civilized athlete. He was an incarnation of power, raw, hard, wolfish. In the sinewy limbs, the corded neck, the great arch of the breast, the broad, hard shoulders, beneath his tousled golden mane, his eyes were like blue ice. His strongly chiseled features reflected the wildness his frame suggested. There was about him nothing of the measured leisure of the other guests but a ruthless directness in his every action. Whereas they sipped, he drank in great gulps. They nibbled at tidbits, but he seized whole joints in his fingers and tore at the meat with his teeth. Yet his brow was shadowed, his expression moody. His magnetic eyes were introspective. Wherefore Prince Ibor Ungar lisped again in Namruth ear, has the Lord Paris heard the whispering of night things? Nuramnirub eyed his friend in some worriment. Come, my lord, said he, you are strangely diswrought. Has any here done aught to offend you? Paris aroused himself as from some gloomy meditation and shook his head. Not so, friend, if I seem distracted. It is because of a shadow that lies over my own mind. 
His accent was barbarous, but the timbre of his voice was strong and vibrant. Sellers glanced at him in interest. He was an enectum's general of mercenaries, an argive whose saga was epic. "'Is it a woman, Lord Virus?' asked Prince Enogle, with a laugh. Pyros fixed him with his gloomy stare, and the prince felt a cold wind blowing on his spine. "'Aye, a woman,' muttered the argive. One who haunts my dreams and floats like a shadow between me and the moon. In my dreams I feel her teeth in my neck. I wake to hear the flutter of wings and the cry of an owl.